Welcome to another episode of the Being Better Everyday podcast, where once in a while I talk to other moms juggling all the things. I don't have an exact name for this series yet, but what I strive to do is give you a peek behind the curtain of other women who have a lot on their plate, because don't we all, who are doing things differently and who are, in my opinion, embodying the better everyday lifestyle. Today, we have Lindsay, the founder and owner of Faction Fix, a brand and a business near and dear to my heart, as I have used her services many times over the years. I honestly can't remember when I came across Lindsay, but I would guess that it was the summer of 2019 postpartum with Danny. Through the wonderful Wildrip Instagram, has some good things. I found Lindsay at a time when I was learning to dress and love a different body than I was used to. Lindsay helps women from every age, stage, shape, and size build a versatile and functional wardrobe that they love. She believes you don't have to have a lot of clothes in order to have a lot to wear. That you just need the right tools and planning to have a closet full of clothes to make you feel comfortable and confident. So today, we are not only going to dive into her business and how it all got started, but also dive into the systems she has in her life to keep the train on the tracks because I know she has a passion for it as much as I do. Welcome to the Being Better Everyday podcast, where we make your days more peacefully productive while you're juggling all the things. I'm your host, Julie Wenslick, a millennial mom, finance professional, and founder of PW Designs. I know that as a mom, business owner, corporate girly, or a combination of all three like myself, sometimes life can feel like a lot. With the simplicity and systems and being better every day, we create habits and routines that support your life, create calm in the chaos, and put the you back in your everyday. Grab those headphones, put on your shoes, and join me on a walk while we dig in to today's episode. So welcome, Lindsay. Thank you again for being willing to come on the podcast Excited to have you on this rainy, well, we're recording this on a rainy Friday afternoon. It won't air for a while, so hopefully there's not snow on the ground when this airs, but. <laughs> oh my gosh, wouldn't that be the joke of it? Wouldn't yes. that be the joke? Which like, you know, both of us living here in Minnesota, it is not beyond imagination for no. it to snow sometime <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. But yes, it is such a cozy day. I'm like keeping all of the lights dim. I have candles lit in the house. It. I'm liking the vibe. I'm liking yeah, the vibe. I'm the same day. way today. We haven't had a good rainy day in I know ever. So we both all... should have like a cup of coffee with us. It's just like two gals <laughs> chatting over a steaming cup of coffee on a cozy day. Yes. <laughs> first things first. Obviously, you know, you know, I introduced you just an overall of who you are, but I want to hear it from you, right? So I believe you're a Minnesota transplant like myself. Mm-hmm. Again, I've been watching your stories for years. <laughs> I'll talk a little bit about you know, your backstory and then what made you start Fashion Fix? So I originally grew up um, in the suburbs of Chicago up in the north, north side. So Mundelein and went to college at Winona State, which is in Southern Minnesota. And so many people from the Twin Cities go to school there. So all of my friends were basically from the Twin Cities. And after I graduated and was looking for something next to do, I just sort of ended up migrating back up this way with them. I do have family that lives up here. I had an aunt and uncle that I visited a ton throughout college. So I was familiar with, 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 you know, Minneapolis and, and the surrounding area. So it was an easy transition, moved up here right after college and I've been here ever since. So even though I'm a transplant, I do feel like I am a Minnesota. I really, I, I claim that identity. <laughs> I, I think I've lived in Minnesota longer now than I did in Illinois. At oh yeah stage that, okay. of the game. yeah so anyways we're um, I'm not quite there yet I, if I rem- like I've been living in Minnesota s- since 
2007, which would be okay. 15 years. Yeah. See, and I, <laughs> this is always so funny because I make like the friends that I have, you know, you and I have known each other for so long for years now, been friends for a while. And it's so interesting. Like most of the friends that I make, especially on, you know, business peers and on social media, we've connected are younger than me and people are always surprised. So I've been living in Minnesota since basically 1998 because <laughs> that's when I graduated high school. And people are like, wait, what? How old are you? <laughs> yes, I am 43. Let us, when I graduated high school and how long I've been living in Minnesota, but I moved here, I've been here ever since. And, uh, you know, I have taken a couple different career paths, but the, the career choice that has that led me on the road to Fashion Fix was when I started after college as a personal shopper at J. Crew at the Mall of America, when there used to be one there. And I, I retailed in my blood. I've always loved to shop. I've always loved putting together outfits. I worked in the mall when I was a teenager. My mom worked in retail. Like I grew up in the fitting rooms of the Gap and, you know, wearing Gap kids clothes when, when they were at their heyday. So it's, it's always been part of sort of my lifestyle. And, um, I got that position and that is where I really got trained in as a personal shopper and really cut my teeth with learning a lot of the the ins and outs and um, the specifics of the profession and working with clients and understanding clothes and wardrobes and building wardrobes and working with women and their specific needs and helping them identify their needs when they can't even do it themselves. Like you know, a lot of women don't know what they don't know what they don't know when it comes to their wardrobe. And I ended up working in retail for about a decade. And towards the end of my my time working in the stores, I just was becoming dissatisfied with, with working in the stores and ready to do something new. And I had sort of developed this knack for helping women with their wardrobes actually outside of the store. So I was working with a lot of women just in my social circle and in my personal life and going into their homes, helping them with their wardrobes, helping them kind of get styled for things. And between working, you know, with clients in the stores and then clients out in the world, I was really seeing this disconnect between you know, women shopping repeatedly and over and over again and consistently at finding what they were looking for or having the wardrobe that they wanted. So these women were coming back into the store over and over and over again and shopping so much, bringing so much home and doing that consistently. And then I was with my clients in their homes and I was seeing their wardrobes bulging with clothes, bulging with clothes. And them still struggling to get dressed. They had all these clothes in their closets and they were still struggling to get dressed, feeling like they didn't have what they needed or wanted to wear. And I kind of took that experience and that's where Fashion Fix was really born, was really helping women stop that cycle of what I call overspending and underbuying and really help them identify a way to build their wardrobe that would deliver a lot more value, versatility, and a lot more confidence and comfort when they get dressed. So have you had the wardrobes, wardrobe essential checklist in some form basically since the beginning then or no? Yes. Okay. So that I have, that document is probably like an archive now. Like I don't even know <laughs> what you would call it. Like it is 
belongs in like the fashion fix museum <laughs> if there ever was one that document has been around that list since the beginning okay. of fashion fix and the way that that came about was when I was working with clients over and over again and I was running it they to the same questions they were asking the same problems they were having of putting together complete looks complete outfits being able to feel like they um, had a well-dressed look over and over again, I'd ask them, okay, well, where's your white t-shirt that you just wear yeah. underneath everything? Like, and they're like, I don't have one. And I ask them, well, okay, where's just like your go-to pair of jeans? I don't have a pair. You know, these things that like I needed them to have in order to complete these everyday looks for them and they were missing in their wardrobe. And it was the same thing for every woman every time. And I was like, okay, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> like if I'm asking every client for the same stuff, and most of them are struggling with them. Like this, this is the essentials checklist. These are the essentials that I'd like to see my clients have in their closets so that we can put together complete looks. We can mix and match their wardrobe and they can easily get dressed any day of the week for any occasion that they have to go to. Well, and the reason I kind of giggled at that well, for those on video, I mean, I've used the wardrobe essentials checklist. We've had these conversations and I'm noticing looking at the video, Lindsay and I are wearing the same necklace Yeah, <laughs> because it's from your links for the it's, statement yes. necklace, whatever. So I'm like, yeah, nice necklace. It makes a difference. <laughs> yeah. And, and the wardrobe essentials checklist is part of the trust the process system, you know, where it's like, okay, if I trust the process and I have these things, then when I go for my everyday, just casual jewelry, look like a little necklace, I compare with things. It's like, Oh, I feel like I'm put together now. Right. I trust the process. I have the pieces. So then when I go to get dressed, it's like, I do, I do have what I need and it feels easy to wear and it feels comfortable to wear. Well, and I credit you to my love of jackets. So yes, <laughs> you used to have, uh, and I've done it a couple of times, the Goodwill shop, right? And I know you've retired mm -hmm. it, but you would find the most amazing jackets. And it's really opened my love to jackets because I've really learned that I like the structured, like more um, mm -hmm. edgy side of things. Yes. Um, it's totally in your style profile, Julie. My edgy, my edgy gals, if you have edgy in your style profile, fashion jackets should be an absolute staple in your wardrobe. Having lots of different options, looks, styles, details, and you will find them so fun to mix and match with your wardrobe and you wear them so well. Yeah. It always looks so cute in them. I love it. The one random question I thought about with fashion today, because as we're transitioning into fall and winter is okay to wear a sweater every day because <laughs> I'm basically a sweater person in the winter. I was wearing one this morning and then I was like, no, I want to look cuter for video, but like, that's, yeah, that's my thing. Well, here I'll I'll kind of back up a little bit and give probably a longer answer than you were thinking I would give as far as like yes or no. Can you wear a sweater every day? When it comes to building your wardrobe and planning for it, so wardrobe planning is something we talk about at Fashion Fix. What comes into play? This is where you bring in a lot of nuance because the way people plan their wardrobes, you're gonna find some differences based on climate, so where they live lifestyle. So are we working from home? Are we going to an office? Are we, you know, like what are we at home with kids every day? Like, what does that look like? And then obviously there's like personal preference and style and things like that. And so I would say like in a place where it, it gets so cold, 
so fast for so long. Sweaters, you will definitely find that category in your wardrobe will be built up. You will have a lot of that in your wardrobe. So um, similar to you being edgy, fashion jackets are going to be a category I want to see a lot of in your wardrobe. I am not. Fashion jackets, I have like two, what, three, you know, let me bring that. Like it's not a big category in my wardrobe. So similar to what your style profile is and what we'll see build up in your wardrobe, your, your lifestyle, right? That's going to make a difference as to what categories will build up really strong in your wardrobe. And so having a lot of sweaters and wearing sweaters a lot for where we live and what we do is totally appropriate. And But what you want to take that a step further with is volume does not equal variety. If you have a lot of something, do you have the appropriate variety of that in your wardrobe? So if you have a lot of sweaters, but all your sweaters are black and gray and beige, you don't really have a lot of sweaters. You have a lot of the same sweater. It's in like different options, right? So you want to be careful of that. If you are building, if you have a category that has a lot of volume in it, does it have the variety? You want to make sure you have a good mix of neutrals, some with pops of color, maybe some with pattern or print or texture or detail to them. And that's where women want to be careful because when you feel like you're wearing the same thing every day, it's because you just have a lot of the same thing in your closet. Volume does not equal variety. I still remember, I don't know, you were at my house, so it must have been a Goodwill shop. And uh, we were talking sweaters and I had this gray sweater with like a droopy neck, right? And you had brought a different gray sweater. And I was like, oh, but I already have a gray sweater. And they were cut completely different. And she, you're like, yeah, that's not the same thing. Like, <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. And if it's not the same thing too, is one better than the other? Because when we yeah. talk about things being cut appropriately, it's like, what's right for your shape? What's right for your size? What, you know, what it feels the most balanced on you. And that's another thing too, you know, we go back to why fashion, why I started fashion fix in this idea that women were shopping over and over and over again. And then women were, you know, at home, were having these closets that were spilling over with clothes, but still feeling like they have nothing to wear or feeling uncomfortable in their clothes. You know, are you like shopping for things that that fit you well, or that you make work? Or are you shopping? And also are you shopping for things that feel comfortable for you? And are your appropriate style or feel like a costume for you to wear? So you end up never wearing them. So thinking about that sweater, right when I brought you a lot of the times and stuff, it's like, okay, well, how is this better? Like, how can we do better? How can we find something that fits you better? That's better for your style. And I mean, I think Julie, like since the years I've known you, like your wardrobe has totally transformed. Yeah. And I see so much streamlining in the way that like, you know, I follow you on Instagram and social media and I see you show up in your outfits and it's like, okay, the way you're mixing and matching things and the way things that have become streamlined and it just like makes sense so that then you have a closet that delivers you a ton of value and versatility and works for you. Yeah. You know, it it brings me to talk to me a little bit about your kind of core. It all goes along these lines, right? So your core kind of Mm -hmm. your style guide, your I mean, I'm you can yeah. better than me. The the core of Fashion Fix is to build your best wardrobe, and so we've created the Build Your Best Wardrobe system. And what we what that consists of is knowing your shape, style, life. That's what we talk about over and over and over again. You'll you'll hear that a lot. Know your shape, style, life. If you build your wardrobe based on those things, 
you will build your best wardrobe. So with your shape, it's identifying your body shape and understanding what cuts and what fit points and, and things like that are going to deliver the most balanced look on your shape. So we offer a body shape analysis to help you do that. So style is identifying your style profile, knowing what patterns, what prints, what details, what things are going to feel like they are expressing who you are on the inside and the outside. So showing up as your authentic self. That's a, both of them are really important to me. It's hard for me <laughs> to like, you know, say which is like the priority to me because I think they both are. A, because I want women to physically feel comfortable in their clothes and embrace their body, embrace their shape and address a way that celebrates it. And B, with style, I want women to show up as their authentic self and not feel like they are trying to, you know, look like the latest like Pinterest pin that they came across or trying to mimic someone else's style. It just falls short or it just feels like a costume to them. I want women to feel empowered and excited to, uh, again, show up as their authentic self. So understanding your style is really important. So we do, we offer a style quiz that women can take on our website where we will then identify your style profile and go through, here's what that means. So this is what it means for pattern, for print, for details that you might feel more comfortable in and caution against others. Um, here's some things that you maybe would want to think about adding to your wardrobe that would really uh, add more of that expressiveness into your closet and how to wear it and how to shop for it and, and all of the things really giving language to a lot of stuff and empowering them too. You know, a lot of the times when you get language, when you get language to things, it's sort of like an aha moment of like, yeah. oh, that's why I always like this or didn't like that. So those are the two things we offer body shape analysis. We have the style quiz. And then as far as actually shopping and getting those pieces in your wardrobe, building your wardrobe, we shop for you. So we do offer personal shopping services, which is all done virtual. So it's really easy. You can be literally anywhere in the world. <laughs> We've shopped for women all over the world. Um, and we will curate a wardrobe for you. We'll, we'll say, okay, here's 10 tops. Here's 10 layers. Here's five bottoms. Here's some shoes. Here's some accessories based on your shape and size based on your style and your life. This is, this is what's going to add a ton of value to your closet. And there's always some fun things we do in between, in between they're like, like lookbooks seasonally. So we have our fall lookbook. We'll do a winter holiday lookbook as well. Fun things where it's like, okay, you know, where can I add a splash of something new in here or update something to uh, give a little bit more excitement to my wardrobe there? We'll offer resources for that. And I really believe in the lookbooks and the resources we offer because it quiets the noise. Yeah. I think a lot of the times, you know, again, whether we're scoring through social media or whatever, it's like, oh my gosh, I need to get all of this stuff all right now. It feels so overwhelming. I don't know what to choose. What we offer here at Fashion Fix with the resources and tools that we put out there, it, it quiets the noise and it says, it's okay, take a deep breath. It just Look at just these things, just these things. These couple things for fall, these couple things for the holidays, add what's right for you, you will feel good. <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking about it. So I really, I used to love shopping pre-kid. So like five years ago, mm -hmm. whatever. And now I don't, I always blamed it on motherhood, but I'm like, maybe it's you <laughs> because I feel like, I do go into stores way more intentionally now. And yeah. I even, I don't know if it was like 
a couple weekends ago, I was in a store and I had asked myself that question of like, does it add to my wardrobe or whatever you constantly- Add value. Yeah. Yeah. Does it add value to my wardrobe? And I was like, (laughs) like, it's like engraving me now. (laughs) Yes. I love hearing When I get DMs and I get emails of women saying like, you were in my head when I was shopping Mm -hmm. and I asked myself, does it fit my shape? Does it fit my style? Does it fit my life? Is this going to add value to my wardrobe? I love that because what it does is it simplifies so much more in your life than just your wardrobe, right? Like, and that is the real belief system of Fashion Fix, like the real core, core depth foundation of what I believe in, which is there are more important things in life to spend your time and money on than clothes. Yeah. And if you're just constantly going out and spending hundreds of dollars, you know, every month, just perusing the mall, walking through Target or whatever it is, and you're coming home still dissatisfied with your wardrobe, that was a waste of time and a waste of money that could have been put towards something else. Right. And that's what I want to help women with too, is actually being able to put their resources into places that matter to them. And let's let your wardrobe just be like, you know, it's love cute outfits. I have fun getting dressed, but I don't stress out about it. It's like an afterthought. It doesn't occupy so much of my brain space and my decision-making. I don't, you know, um, and you also find, and I think you're probably finding this too, Julie, with shopping is like, when you built your best wardrobe, you love your wardrobe. You love your clothes. You're not constantly like on the search for the next best thing that's going to make you feel well-dressed and make you feel good because you've done it. Again, now that brain space and that time can be filled with other things. The only thing that I say I would still get, I still get a little caught up on, and I know you just this fall have done a huge series on it, is jeans because I don't want to feel, I'm in this where I'm like accepting, not accepting adulthood, but right, like I'm not like, (laughs) but just, you know, Gen Z is dressing a certain way and I look like a millennial. (laughs) So (laughs) it part has been a little bit hard for me. And even this fall with, and I've really enjoyed your jeans series. So we can link it in uh, for YouTube. Um, But it's again, going back to, is it best for me or not? Because I want to follow the trends just to not look old. And sometimes I get, I get, I totally get pulled into that for sure. Yeah. I feel you on that. And I think this fall more than ever, I have felt sort of inspired to also update my wardrobe and making sure that it feels current for myself. And uh, that's what I also love about and believe in so much with the build your best wardrobe system though, is again, it quiets the noise. So you can go back to, well, what are my fit points? Yeah. How does that match the trends for jeans or which trends match my fit points for my body shape or which of the trends when it comes to certain patterns, prints or details match my style profile so I can introduce those into my wardrobe. And that's why, you know, I have a pretty specific method for shopping that really helps keep things in line. And I talk about the, the three reasons why you should be shopping for your wardrobe ever at any point is to add, update, replace, filling in the gaps and holes, updating things where it's like, you know what, this isn't delivering the look that I want, or it feels a little bit overworn to me. I'm going to update it with something better and then replace. And the replace is a lot of your essentials, right? My white tee has yellow stains under the arm or my jeans ripped at the seam, you know, uh, replacing things with the same thing or whatever. But that update piece, that's why I have that in there for a shopping strategy 
it's because there are some things where I look at my wardrobe and I've had it for 10 years and I am like, you know what? I can update this with something better. Like, let me like, you know, there is this new trend this season that match that matches me and I can pull that in and update this old, this thing that's overworn. I'm over it. I've worn it a ton. I'm sick of it. I don't want to wear it anymore. I'm going to update it with something better. So it in the, in the shopping strategy for my wardrobe system, it gives you the opportunity to bring in some of those new things, but it's still coming back to doing it in a way that adds value and makes sense for your wardrobe and protects you from, again, overspending, underbuying, having a ton of clothes with nothing to wear. Because the trick with the update is it's one in, one out. Yeah, I know. So you if, you said bring, that. <laughs> if you bring the new thing in, you got to get rid of the old one. One of the things, you know, obviously you're talking about build your best wardrobe systems. I, for a lot, while I was thinking about this podcast, really wanted to name it Simplicity and Systems to Be Better Every Day, which was too long. So <laughs> we both love a good system. And obviously your business is built on systems, but we haven't even talked about the fact that you have a family. You have three kids. Mm-hmm. What ages currently? seven, six, and 18 months. Okay. I know you're like, well, what happened there? <laughs> right. We had our first two really fast. It, it is just, it just happened. It just happened that way. I, I always, funny story is on our first wedding anniversary, I was pregnant with Evelyn. Oh. And on our second wedding anniversary, I think I was pregnant with Waylon. I think. Yeah. I was pregnant. Like for our first two anniversaries, it was bananas. So they're like, 17 months apart or like something like that, something crazy. And then, you know, we had some secondary infertility after Waylon and we were sort of like, all right, one last try, last ditch effort, you know, before we turn 40, we'll see. And I think it was about a month before we were like going to the cutoff date. And I got pregnant with Elaine, our third, and she's just like, you would think that none of us have ever seen a baby before in our lives. Like all four <laughs> of us are just like, she's the cutest baby that ever lived. Look at everything she's doing. She's so smart. So she's been such a good treasure and such a little gift to our family. But, you know, it really has caused me to systemize my work and systemize my home in a way that we can do the things we have to do and also do the things we want to do. And it has been a game changer to you know I don't I don't do it all I don't have it all but it's like it's keeping it here it's yeah keeping it here of, of staying above water and not floundering have you always been a love of systems or did this come in more with kids or like I think that I have I ha- I've always loved things that just make sense that fit into a formula. And when you can do the formula and just trust the outcome is going to work again, trust the process. I love that. Then it's like, I don't even have to think about it. I'm literally putting one foot in front of the other and trusting the process that I'll get to where I want to be. And that kind of first came to me with marathon training. There was a time in my life where I ran marathons. Me too. (laughs) Yes. And, and you know that, that's what it is. It's a system. Yeah. You literally will plug in the date of when your marathon is, and then it populates a running schedule and you just do what it says every day. Okay. On this day, I'm going to run three miles on this day. I'm going to run 10 on this day. I'm going to run 15. And I'm just going to trust that if I follow this system, I will complete this marathon on said day, right? Like that is a total system. That's a system. You've got to trust the process. 
Yeah. And I, so I think that was my first sort of aha moment of like really seeing, I liked just having to kind of take the brain power out of it and just, and do this, right. Just do the checklist. But I think it it came to, it came to a head for me for a couple of things, really honing in on my systems for my business and for my home, my family life. I knew that I wanted to achieve more with work, Mm. but I didn't want to do it at the sacrifice of my kids. I had to figure out a way to find a balance in those two things. And so that came with my house and creating systems for my home in a way that was an environment that was conducive for us to frankly, just live, just live here and live well. And then creating systems at work so that I felt like when I was working, I was actually getting done what I needed and was supposed to get done so that when I was with my kids, I could be present with them mentally and physically, like not on my phone, not on my computer, all of those things. And probably like most people, it really came to a head and really came to a tipping point of having to figure that out, you know, during the pandemic during 2020, because I, my kids were home all the time with me. My business was exploding in 2020. I mean, it was the, like the biggest growth we had. Yes. And that I I had to figure that out. So that was a real tipping point for me there. Uh, I can't decide if I want to dive into the business systems first or the home (laughs) systems first. So how about I let you choose? Okay. Which one you want to talk about first? Uh, Because I've known some of your business systems, but you know, and I've, talk about home systems too. So <laughs> yes. And they're both, I get like so impassioned about both of them. <laughs> I just like <laughs> believe in it so much. So my, my business, part of it was hiring some people. Yeah. My business had grown enough where I could hire on some team members to help me. And one was a virtual assistant and two was another stylist who could help me work with clients to kind of alleviate some of the workload. So that was a big thing. It's just like, I've got to get some of this workload off of my plate. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't, I can't do it all because we had kind of grown to that point. And that was a total game changer. That was super awesome, super helpful. So then with hiring on those two women, it sort of blew open the doors of like, I have been living in a vacuum. I had been living in this bubble. I didn't know what I didn't know. And it forced my hand of like, okay, I have to like manage these people and I have to manage their workload. Like I have to create systems for that then. For about a year, year and a half, myself and these two team members, they were so instrumental in helping me be able to do that, helping me process through it. They brought to the table a lot of perspective and skill sets and experience that helped me do it. So now at Fashion Fix, we live and die by checklist, live and die by checklist. You know, my assistant and I, every day of the week, we have a checklist of what each person is supposed to do so the other person can do their job too. And it's all like we've reverse engineered, right? Well, if we want to release a YouTube video on these days or deliver body shape and analysis results on these days, then when do we have to do that work? Leading up to that, when does that need to be done? So there's obvious, there's a lot of productivity platforms out there like Monday and Slack Mm -hmm. and Asana. Like, what do you use on the back end? We don't actually use a lot, surprisingly. We use a Teams calendar where we can all see where stuff is at. And then we have some different platforms that we use just to streamline our 
like when we're gathering client information and producing client products. So Canva is a big one that we use at Typeform is a big one that we use, things like that, that we all just, it's a team account that we all have access to, but we don't use, I don't like to overcomplicate communication. So that's like, if you send me a paragraph email, it will take me weeks to read it. I cannot read paragraphs. <laughs> send me bullet Good points. Good to know. <laughs> send me bullet points. Yeah. Like, I don't like to overcomplicate communication. And so because, though, we have these checklists of what everybody's responsible to do every day. So we spend a lot of time on the front end having planning meetings and talking through things. It's interesting that, you know, the team can work very, I'd say autonomy and authority are my two biggest things for my team. So people can work really independently because we just kind of all do our things and check in when we need to. There's certain days of the week that we do certain things based on when we want things to be available either to our content consumers or our clients. All of that has been kind of systemized with basically our schedules and our checklist. So that that's a that is a big thing. We live and die by checklist at Fashion Fix. And then using the right technology to help us do that, which again has been email and Marco Polo. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a big communication tool. We love Marco Polo. And you know, our like how we use Canva and how we've set up folders for like my assistant can just go in and see what's ready to be sent out, grab it and send it out to a client. So how we organize our information has been a big system process at Fashion Fix too. So that there's we just don't want people to have to be emailing all the time about things that can just be found on our platforms that we use. So the way we it's not as much of the technology the systems yeah. that we, yeah. It's so it's not like we're using Slack or using all these different things. It's how we're organizing our communication so that it can be found and just and things can be distributed really well. So that's kind of been, been a huge piece of it. And just kind of the pipeline of how stuff go, goes through from client to myself to whoever else has, has to do it and how we assign tasks out and stuff like that. You know, in my planner business, obviously I've worked with a ton of small businesses and it's interesting how every person really functions differently on how they can see their systems working in their business, right? So Mm -hmm. I have friends that are implementing Asana and loving it. And I swear every time I try a digital automation productivity (sighs) thing, I get so overwhelmed. I like go back to the list. Just like, nope. Totally, totally same. I am such like an analog old school pen and paper kind of person. You know what I use the most of my notes app in my phone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I, cause I'm an Apple user. So I have an iPhone and I have a MacBook. So the notes app syncs with my computer. So I can open up the notes app on my laptop and update it and use it. And, and it syncs with my phone. So like I keep a, I, again, it's how I organize information and communication. So just how I had our, like, I'm a zero inbox girly when it comes to email for work. And it's because we have folders. So I can just look into each folder and see what, what I need to do. It's how we kind of assign things, you know, in folders and email. Um, And same with my phone and my notes app, I have it organized by folders. So I have, you know, I do collaborations. So I have like, uh, you know, affiliate links and stuff like that. So I have a folder in my phone that is just collaborations. So I can just copy and paste any of my affiliate links, discount codes, information I need for that. It's all in there. I keep a running tab. So I have, well, we're, we're bringing on another person, but currently I have three people on my team soon to have four. And each person has a, a note in my phone so that I keep 
so I can, when I think of something I want to talk to them about in our oh. next ch- touch base or go over them, I just throw it in there. And then all I do when we sit down for our Zoom meeting is I pull up that note app on my computer and I just run through the things that are on my list on there. So it's, it, for me, it's a lot about how I organize the information rather than using too many systems to communicate the information. It's how I organize it so people can access it and things like that. And then again, having specific stuff that we do on each day of the week. Last note about the whole like business and planning systems, which I feel like a bad YouTuber right now for those who are on video, because I don't have it in front of me, but like, I know you've used the planner pad in the past too, to help kind of visualize the like time blocking side of it back to the whole analog thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I love that tool. I love that resource. One because it's not dated. Yeah. Dated planners are like my nemesis. (laughs) So I love that. I love that it's not dated. And I love that it's just one week at a time, each day of the week, writing things out, tracking a to-do list. And my other favorite thing, I can rip it off and throw it in the garbage at the end of the week. Right. And know that I'm done with it. Like out of sight. My thing, people say out of sight, out of mind. And for me, I'm also in sight, in mind. Like it's like, that's like huge for me. So the planner pad is so helpful and it's such a great tool because I do it a week at a time. And then when I plan my next week, I look at that page and anything on my to-do list that I didn't get done, like I I just transfer it onto the next week. And I just throw that sheet away and it doesn't sit in a basically the archives of stuff I didn't do and didn't get done, you know, with a, with a typical planner that is like a book calendar dated form. I love it. It's so simplified. And again, the planner pad, what I like about that is I don't want to overcomplicate communication. I don't want to overcomplicate what I have to do. It's already complicated enough. I need to organize it in a way that is really simplified. I've found even I gravitate towards like the planner pad and a brain dump, basically to-do list, right? So every day, if I need Mm -hmm. a bigger to-do list, I just use those two things a lot of times because I have found recently that if it's, if I don't see it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. The brain dump. I sometimes I'll call that just giant list making that list. I make things that are stressing me out. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. It's like this is stuff that's stressing me out right now. That's just on my mind and that I'm stressed out about getting to. And even just dumping it onto a piece of paper is sometimes the re- release I need. Yeah. It's not like the thing no, is not sure. even that stressful to do, but it just needs to yeah, get out. <laughs> it just needs to get out. It just needs to get out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So before we wrap up, I want to make sure we get to your home systems because I have replicated some of them myself, but at the same time, I don't have three kids in school or, well, you don't either, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, three kids in general. I don't know if you can like pick your favorite systems or talk about some of them. So, so many. <laughs> oh, I'm so passionate about all of them. Okay. Uh, let me start with this. I'm going to backtrack. What has helped me set up really successful systems in my home is not having to have a lot of stuff that I need to systemize in the first place. Yeah. And I've said this time and time again, one of the biggest things that has made my life exponentially better is getting rid of everything we own. And I say that (laughs) tongue in cheek. I say that tongue in cheek. I do it all the time. Um, So I I, I get it. Yeah. That's my like, my life goal is to get rid of everything we own. (laughs) And and it's just kind of a running joke. But, but in seriousness, I call myself an aspiring minimalist and because I just, I'll never achieve it. So it's just aspiring. 
not having things that I have to deal with has been the best thing that I've ever done for my life. Just decluttering and getting rid of things in our home that we just don't need and reminding myself if I do need them for some random weird occasion, 10 years from now, I can just buy it again and get another one, right? Like it's decluttering our home, becoming an aspiring minimalist is the, the foundation of which has made my home system successful. Okay. My laundry system for sure is one of my favorites. So I'll tell that one. Here are the keys to my laundry system. Oh my gosh. It's the best one. It is literally the best. We are almost never behind on laundry and everybody's clothes are always put away and it's great. Number one thing, all of my laundry gets collected in one singular spot. Nobody has a laundry basket in their bedroom. There is one laundry basket for the whole house. And actually it's two laundry baskets, the same, it's the same laundry basket. I have them stacked inside of each other. So when the one that is on top gets full, I take it out and go wash. And then there's one living there to continue collecting clothes. Okay. Yep. Right. So there's just, there's stack there. One singular spot. We don't have a laundry chute. If we had a laundry chute, it would be that. But our, so my basket's just at the end of the hallway, right in between everybody's bedroom. That's where it lives. So do the kids Everything throw their there. laundry into the basket or yep. do you, okay, yep. you've gotten them trained? Nope, the kids do. They got them trained. Everybody throws their dirty clothes in that laundry basket and all the household laundry goes in there too, like towels, yeah. you know, things like that. That's number one. Number two, I don't separate. So lights and darks all get washed together in cold water. So that's number two. Number three is I do not fold people's laundry. I separate it. So when I bring a basket of clean laundry upstairs, I um, make piles of, this is Evelyn, this is Waylon, this is me, this is my husband, this is Lainey. And so I do that. And then Eric has a laundry basket, my husband, where all of his clean clothes get tossed into and he's responsible for putting them away. My kids have, do not hang any of their clothes. Everything is in a dresser. And they have a drawer for tank tops and short sleeve shirts, a drawer for sweatshirts and long sleeve shirts, and a drawer for all their bottoms. So then when their clean clothes go in their bedroom, I just toss them in the drawers and they don't get folded. And ladies is the same way. So I don't fold anybody's laundry. I sort it. Yeah. And then it just goes in their dressers. We don't use closets for the kids. So then I'm really only folding and putting away my laundry and towels. That's about it. One singular collection spot, not not separating when you wash them and not folding the clothes. I am. Just them put where they belong. The system we have for at least, we don't. So we don't separate by color, but what we separate is things that go in the dryer and things that don't, um, mm. and two baskets for each, because what happens then, especially with my husband doesn't put like any of his shirts, any of his sweatshirts in, yep. his, in the dryer. I end up putting out the laundry because I don't want to have to do the sort between the washer and the dryer. Yeah. <laughs> so now we've created a system where like, okay, anything that's going to get hung gets in one basket and anything that's not goes in another Cause it's quicker yeah. for them to do the laundry between washer and dryer. And there's like some good nuance to it. Like, I think there's like an, some overarching themes in the way that I have systemized my laundry that I believe are, that people can replicate in their own system to make it easier, but then find the nuances in it. So I have a friend of mine who has five daughters. And so it's more difficult for her to figure out whose clothes is whose. Yeah, right. If they were to do a single collection spot, right? Where I can, it's easy. Evelyn and Elaine do not wear the, anywhere near the same thing, right. right? So like that's easy to figure out. 
So we took my same idea though. I created a laundry system for her that was a little bit more unique and tweaked for her having five daughters and figuring out whose clothes are whose, right? So we did this, but like, so that I would say that's the same thing for yours. Too, yeah. Right. Right. Okay. My, I think my sec, I'll give one more. Cause I know we got to wrap up my other favorite home system is kid stuff with their papers and school things and stuff you want to keep. Yes. I love that. So <laughs> yes. It's so good. Okay. We have a basket that lives in our kitchen where everything goes. So uh, if they bring something home from school that I want to keep because it's so sweet and it's a memory from kindergarten that I want to have forever. Things like that from school or stuff they work on at home. And when they were little babies, so uh, birthday cards or our um, hospital bracelets, things like that. We have a basket that's just for kids stuff that lives in the kitchen and it all gets dumped in there. All of it, just throw it in there, throw it in there, throw it in there. And then a couple times, like a year, like every other month or once a month, however you want to do it, I take that basket and I sort it out by kid. And then for each kid that goes into their memory box. And I have a special memory box that's made for each of the kids that it can store into, which is another whole thing, which people, I, I have it saved on my highlight reel on Instagram, but the boxes, I their memory boxes I have for each kid are specially designed, like with the, yeah. the filing system that it all goes into there. Do so we want to get into the details well, of that? Kind of, because the funny thing about this is I have my stack, right? And I ordered the labels through the person that you use, but it's now been three years and it's still sitting in my office. <gasps> no, Julie, this is the, this is your homework after this interview. So go <laughs> put that box together. So basically what it is, if people want to know is, so each kid has a box. It has their name on the box. And when you open up the box, it has hanging folders in it. That's what's in the memory. And the hanging folders are by age, birth, preschool, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, all the way up through 12th grade through high school. So the things that I'm putting in there, I'm putting it just in the corresponding file folder for that yep. child is what it is. And there's a woman on Etsy who makes them, who mm -hmm. makes the whole kit for you. Again, I have it all on my Instagram stories and a high, and my home systems highlight reel and links where you can order stuff like that. But the, the thing is with systems, so when we talk about work systems and we talk about home systems, the, the thing you got to remember, and even the my wardrobe system, right? The build your best wardrobe. It takes a work in the front end. You've got to put some energy yeah. in it. You've got to make time for it. It's Maybe it's going to feel like hard work in the front end. But the reward that you get on the back end is worth it over and over and over again. I have seen that come to fruition in my life in this past year of the mental and emotional and physical space I now have in my life for creating these systems and they're easy to maintain and keep up with is so much freedom, so much emotional and mental freedom and physical freedom to say yes to things because I don't feel overwhelmed and bogged down just by the existence of my life, right? Like, Mm -hmm. We can go on a weekend getaway or trip or do something. And I'm not like, oh my gosh, now we're going to come home and we were gone all weekend. And I didn't have a chance to catch up on laundry and clean up my house. Like my house is easy to tidy and it stays tidy because we don't have a lot of stuff. 
my laundry doesn't, I'm not constantly catching up on laundry or feeling overwhelmed with it because of the system that I've created. So we can say yes to go and doing the things that are more important than constantly feeling like I'm playing catch up on my life, playing catch up on work. It's like now I'm living, instead of playing catch up, I'm living forward. I'm living forward rather than catching up on everything that I can't stay on top of. And we can say yes to doing all these fun things. And it's been such a joy and such a treat. You know, I was going to ask you the final question of what does being better every day mean to you? And I'm like, I feel like you just answered it. (laughs) Yes, that's what it is. It's being better every day is systemizing, streamlining, and simplifying my life so that I can be better every day into doing the things that I want to do. Read more, hang out with my kids more, go out to dinner with my friends, say yes to a weekend adventure. You know, I've traveled a bunch this past year and also bettering my, like having space to better myself here too, right? It's like, I can consume and digest information that is helping me grow as a person and be better every day as a person and an individual and how I want to contribute to my family and my community and my society at large. And I can do that because I'm not so bogged down and overwhelmed with this chaotic life. Yeah. Right. I mean, a hundred percent. So both Lindsay and I know we're like, we could talk about this for hours, but we oh have my gosh. to go. I'm like, I'm so jazzed up right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, let's keep going. Cause that's, cause that's the stuff that matters. Right. Like yeah. that's again, build your best wardrobe. There's yeah. better things to spend your time and money on than your clothes. Yeah. And love it. I'm like, reluctantly, I will wrap it up. So thank you again yes. for being willing to be on the podcast. We've talked, we've watched each other become friends over the years and we have so many parallels as far as like things were going. I mean, even randomly, I didn't set out a goal to read books this year. And all of a sudden I'm at, I just finished 38, right? And I know you have a, a goal yes. of reading a hundred uh, and it's just been my way of what I call that one thing for you, right? Doing something to kind of calm and just not work basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for those who, you know, want to stock your stories, remind people where they can find you. <laughs> yes. So everything is Fashion Fix MN mm-hmm. as in Minnesota. So Fashion Fix MN on all of our social media platforms. And that's our website as well. FashionFixMN.com. Nice and easy. Mm-hmm. We have we have web website, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest, and mm-hmm. TikTok. Oh, you are Which, on TikTok. Like, I don't think I knew that. That is all the, my uh, administrative, the executive administrator is what I call her. I don't even call her my assistant anymore. She's the executive administrator and she she's running with that. So you can find us there. I don't know what's there, but you can find <laughs> us there. <laughs> um, okay. Well, thank you again. And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed another conversation into being better every day. We are all unique. But by sharing a little of our stories, I hope it shows how you are able to implement small habits, systems, and routines to make your life a little bit better every day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Being Better Every Day podcast. To see any visuals, head over to my YouTube channel. Links, socials, and resources mentioned can always be found in today's show notes. I truly appreciate you leaving a rating and review to help me reach more women looking to build systems to be peacefully productive. If you are looking for more, you can always find me on Instagram at julie.pwdesigns, sharing the behind the scenes of my everyday life as a millennial mom, corporate girly, and small business owner. Until next time, keep on taking one step at a time towards your version of being better every day.